What up, Zian Gadiz? Peace, this is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And in today's episode, we are doing a put you up slash in parentheses a tribute from Outlaw <laughs> for uh, <laughs> the, I guess this is the fourth album, right? The fourth album right. from Outcast. Stankonia released October 31st, 2000. And I have to put this in parentheses as a tribute for me because mm-hmm. I happen to really like this album. This is actually my second favorite Outcast album behind Equimini, Wow. just above AT Aliens. And it's, I recognize AT Aliens is the better album. Yeah. I, I recognize that. Yeah. I just happen to prefer this one more because skipping ahead to the spoiler alert for mm-hmm. my Where Were You, mm-hmm. I was an Outcast fan when this album Drop. came out. This right. is actually probably the first. Right album that was released when i was already solidly an outcast fan right that, that makes sense. sense yeah so yeah. but why is this the a put you up for for you mr mr yinka Diz? man uh this is kind of a put you up for me because i don't think i really ever gave this album a chance um you know i've skipped to my where were you uh which is long and convoluted but <clears throat> so i came to high school at oakton high school I was a kid from California. I didn't know anybody. All I knew was I liked to rap and play basketball. Um, I saw some kids in a cypher. I walked up to the cypher. I started rapping with the kids. Uh, One of the guys in the cypher was also from California. He was like, yo, I got this rap crew. You want to be a part of this rap crew? Yeah, I became a part of the rap crew. Um, And, you know, I was in all GT honors classes, whatever, right? Uh, But... I never hung out with kids from my classes because I didn't I didn't relate to them. So, you know, I kind of became this kid that, you know, I ran with two different crews, a basketball playing crew after school and during school, a rapping crew. And so I think, you know, I mean, that that, you know, went down this path of me being like the perfect uh, kind of two faceted person. Right. Like I I had straight A's and I went to. I went to all gifted classes, but then like I was cutting class and only showing up for for the exams. Right. Um, And so, you know, I feel like I was I was like one of those kind of angry kids at this point in time. Um, Right. Right. And so Yankatis was still a G. (laughs) No, I was I was a a great student, uh, you know, who just (laughs) wasn't really applying himself. So, uh, you know, I think I I was processing a lot of like feelings and my own personal identity through music a lot. And very particularly outcast music. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I talk about like this whole like kind of dichotomy of like mob deep and outcast. So, you know, the, you know, outcast was kind of like the angel on my shoulder and, and mob deep was like the, the devil on my shoulder. Yes, um, yes, yes. I remember this. So, so, you know, so outcast was very important to me. Um, and, and because of the fact that like listening to them, I was listening to Andre talk about experiences that I was experiencing that I couldn't process because you know i'm i'm a kid like no, nobody understands me i can't talk to any adults like you know it's it's the music that's like communicating my experience and so at the time that stankonia comes out i my parents come home one day and they're like yo we're moving to belgium and it's like wait okay wh- what <laughs> you know what i'm that, saying that's a lot yeah pack your shit we're moving to another another country so you know i'm already this angry kid who just plays basketball and raps all the time and and so now i gotta move to this whole other country so i think i needed this album to help me process my identity where i was going 
And when this album came where it met me, it was not the album that I expected it to be. And I think, okay, you know, I guess that's I'm fair. giving I'm giving like way too much of an explanation and you could cut as much of this as you want. But like that, I think that's the reason why I never gave this album really a shot, because when it came, I was expecting something specific. And I think I needed that thing. And then what I heard was very much not that thing. Um, I think so, yeah. if. AT Aliens and Equimini are two of your favorite albums, not yes. just from Outkast, but just period. Mm -hmm. And this album comes out, I can see why this would not be what you want. Yeah. It's also one of the reasons why I love this album so much. Yeah, no, totally um, makes sense. And I, I think for your yeah, personality I type, I think it wrote. also makes a lot more sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially given the music head that I'd become and right. the types of music that I would like. I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's just a lot of different sounds on here. I mean, yes. a lot of ways, I think this album is incredibly ahead of its time. In mm. fact, I'm not even sure if the time ever really caught up to this because, mm -hmm. I don't know, I, I feel like this was not in the right time, but kind of in the right time. But then, like, yeah. the music, I think that this album is very much in its own lane, yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's an incredible... Um, incredible credit to both uh, Andre 3000 and Big Boy and all the people who worked on this album because I, I just think it's so unique. Facts. So I think also, yeah. you know, you you will probably relate to this, but I think people like you and me, we kind of had this little chip on our shoulder. Well, I'll call it the, the real hip hop chip on our shoulder, right? Where we kind of, we held some of these like acts as like our own. And yeah. so I feel like I felt that way about Outkast, right? And so I moved to Belgium. So it's a bunch of white kids and me, right? It's my first time at a private school. I don't really relate to anybody. All, it's just me and hip hop. And, you know, Outkast becomes this band, right? That's way larger than hip hop. So yeah. it's not my band anymore, right? Like it's not, it's like they're making songs that these white kids like better than I like them, you know? And yeah, I think okay, I think I also was processing just like, you know, this group that I felt like I had some sort of ownership over now going out and being becoming mainstream and like, you know, all the white kids in my private school now also love Outcast as well. So I got you. Yeah. All right. Well, my where were you is mm -hmm. um, not as in depth, <laughs> but at the time this comes out, Outcast has become one of my like, I really like Outcast. They're not one of my favorite groups. I'm still solidly Wu-Tang solidly black star okay you know what i mean like that's yeah. my that's my lane that's my oak but i really fuck with outcast okay and um i'm starting to buy you know a lot more music you know common things like that mm -hmm. the roots getting into those things and i think i'm actually starting to reappreciate the mainstream hip-hop a little bit oh. right so okay. you know before i got into wu-tang it was whatever was on the radio mm -hmm. then i got into wu-tang and it was like man fuck this shit on the radio. <laughs> right now it's like you know it's my junior year in college mm -hmm. uh, excuse me my junior year in high, high school. school i'm a little bit more mature going to parties now and it's just like all right i can get into some like you know like big pun is dope okay so it's like all right i can get into some of these you know commercial acts i'm starting to like jay-z a little bit more it's funny that big you know, pun is who you chose cool. as 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 the commercial acts no but yo but yo he had <laughs> His album isn't commercial, but he yeah. was commercial. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he he was a, you know, Eminem, whatever, right? I'm just saying, like, I'm starting to appreciate mm -hmm. these acts a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, th so the school year is starting up yeah. when, you know, this album is coming out. And their first single, B.O.B., Bongs Over Baghdad. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. I remember I heard this song mm -hmm. and I was like, I've, I've never heard anything like this before. <laughs> and it's the first single. 
Yeah. And it's just like, and it's coming from Outcast. And we've already known to like, I'm now expecting big things from Outcast. It's like, oh, like Equipment I was great. Like, right. this is going to be great. Right. And this song comes out and it's like, it's such a risk mm -hmm. on so many levels. And yes. to make this like, it's not like just a risk to make it a song. It's like, no, yeah. it's not just a, a risk to make it a single. No, they made it the very first single. Right. And this song still goes hard yeah. and it hit, it just landed. Uh -huh. And so when the album comes out, I'm like, you know, I went to the store the, like I think the day it came out, I, I went to go to the store mm -hmm. and I had to get two copies, one for myself and one for, my, one for another friend. Right. And um, yeah, I just had this album on repeat a lot. Now, here's mm -hmm. the thing though. I liked this album. I did not like it as much as I enjoyed Equimini. Mm -hmm. And I think, and, and, and this is not an album that I listened to and put away and never revisited. No, I've revisited this album every so often throughout the years. Okay. And I think the most recent time that I went to listen to this was probably when we were preparing for the, um, the Equimini episode. I wanted okay. to go back and listen to this. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it so much more. Hmm. And I think the reason why- Then Equimini? No, then then I had previously. Oh, okay, okay. Then I had previously, and I think the reason why is because it's probably you know before that time it'd probably been about five years since I had heard this album, and and mm -hmm. in that time I really got into artists like Flying Lotus, okay. um, yeah. Trent Reznor, and just like a lot more abstract sounds, Radiohead, whatever. Okay. And so then listening to this album and really understanding about like musical arrangement mm -hmm. is like wow, like there was so much maturity and growth on this record. Yeah. That like I can understand if there were other records that were better, but in a lot of ways the ways that they instructed several songs in particular is like, mm -hmm. holy shit, like you guys are truly musical geniuses. Like yeah. this is how you make songs. Yeah. And we can get into that when we go through some of some, some of the tracks. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so listening to it now, I'm just like, look, you know, I went back to go and listen to AT Aliens and I get it. I think for the time in 1996, that is still a standout record. That record is probably better in 1996 than Stan Konya is in 2000. I get mm -hmm. it, but like, just listening to their catalog, this this album is solidly number two for me for so many reasons, which I'll get into. Yeah. So I'll yeah, say, and, just yeah, to piggyback ahead. on your beat, uh, Bombs Over Baghdad point, um, it's funny because my experience was was very opposite, right? Not even opposite. Okay. I, I heard the song and I liked it, but then it made yeah. me wonder why I liked it because, you know, it wasn't <laughs> what I expected. Yeah. And I remember it I remember when it first came out, I want to say it came out on like a video game soundtrack or something like that. I don't so, know about that. I think the video just came out on BET and we were all like, what the fuck are all these psychedelic yeah. colors? Holy shit, what's yeah, going on? I just remember there was that. Those orangutans in there. What? It was just it was they, it was they just had strippers super odd. in the in a truck. Yeah. What? And it was super odd because again it was it was outcast this this group that I felt like was like mine and then like they made this thing that seemed like it was more accessible to white people than it was to me and so I liked the song but I didn't like it for the reason that other people were gonna like it like I didn't want people that were outside of hip-hop to like outcast if that makes sense well, here's the thing right <laughs> I almost think I almost considered getting Panama on this episode because mm -hmm. we had recent uh, discussions with Panama just about being an AT alien right. and what the Atlanta music landscape was like. Yep. And I'm not even sure what his thoughts about this album are. I didn't consult with him before recording this. Um, so I have no idea what he thinks about Outkast and what he thinks about this album. But just from an AT alien perspective, I'd like to get his take because in some mm -hmm. ways, I mean, like, you know, maybe Stan Konya represents like Atlanta, if you will. And like mm -hmm. maybe this was not necessarily a commercial product for white kids. 
but more mm. so just something for Atlanta. Like mm. maybe if you were from Atlanta, you'd have a better understanding of this. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really I just think it's curious. Atlanta. You know, I think it's 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 where my palette and my understanding was musically at the time. You know, and and I mean, you look at what we talked about with the, on the Equimini episode, right? Um, where they spent time in the studio with actual musicians and became a band. Outcast became yeah. a band, not a rap group. Um, and I mean, I think this is just the the natural progression of that, right? Like right. they actually buy, you know, Bobby Brown's studio. And so they have their own studio and it goes from them being, you know, musicians who pay to sit in a studio and record specific songs to having their own spot where they can just sit there and just fuck around with ideas. Um, mm -hmm. And they've got, you know, George Clinton and cats like that coming in and out of their studios like this is the direction that it took them. And I, I respect it. Like, I just I don't think that again it it met me where i was at at the time i got you i got you yeah. all right so should we get into the critical reception of this album let's i mean look going through the wikipedia it's got uh seller marks across the board yeah what did the source give this five the mics. sources in a, did it give it five mics yeah it's a five mic uh album i don't remember that and not i don't see that on the wikipedia but i mean like if you go to the wikipedia yeah. The lowest it gets is a four out of five stars from Rolling Stone. This album was yeah. incredible. I'm pretty I sure I remember it getting five mics. If not, it got at least four and a half. Yeah. Um, it should have. Like, yeah, I remember this album was very well received um, from critics, very well received from me, very well received from um, from peers, mm -hmm. just because of the, the, the hits that were on the radio. Yes. They were, we'll get into them, but they were such good hits that like they weren't just hits for the time yep they're still good songs like yes. they made classic songs mm -hmm. for the radio like that's i i can't understate just how impressive that is i mean like look you can go back and look at some of these hot records of the time and we talked about this about how like i think that you know there's a lot of times where you have hits on the radio and then you know a few years go by mm -hmm. and yeah they just sound really really dated yeah and that's not the case with these records. So, not at all. Um, yeah, I, I think it was very well received then. Um, I think it's still well received now. I, I mm -hmm. think that people probably rank it third on their discography, and that's not that's not a knock. And the ironic mm -hmm. thing is that the album that won all the awards is the one that came after this. But yep. to be honest, I think that while I understand why that album won a lot of awards, particularly for Andre 3000's contribution to the album. Mm. I still think that this album is is collectively is better than a Speaker Box Love Below. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, it, it was very well received, um, at least from my side. Mm. But uh, you may have a different take. I don't know. Um. Yeah. You know. I. I. I was obviously I was in Europe at the time. Um. And you know the singles were you know wildfire. Every every right. single single was huge, and it was like. You know, you were watching, I talked to you about on, on other episodes, like the Mob Deep episode, about how right. like a record had to get really big to get on the radar of my peers in Europe. Yeah. Right. And um yeah. and so it went from, you know, I mean, these are these are kids that are listening to, you know, ABBA was really popular in my in my yeah. school. You know, uh kids wow. were listening okay. to still listening to you know, old Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson albums. So like oh, it cool. like like this is how popular you had to be to 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 yeah. break the, you know, the the noise barrier there. And Outcast became on the level of these artists that I'm talking about, like these legacy yeah. artists where they're getting talked about in these conversations with 
ABBA and Madonna and, you know, and Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was very well received there as well. Okay. So should we get into the um, highlights and lowlights? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're, we're starting with the highlights. And so just the general highlights for me, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it off. Um, okay. I'm going to kick it off with with Big Boy. Big Boy, I think, is a highlight for me. Um, maybe, ironically, not on the commercial records. On the records that are less commercial, um, mm-hmm. I think he really, really stands out, particularly on a song like Toilet Tisha, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a very important song. But like his his poem on there is, I, I think, is very profound. Um, it's just very impactful. And in general, I think that his contribution and the other parts of the album, I think, are are, are really, really good. I agree. Um, I think, another step. I, I think he grounds the album, and I think yeah. you know, I think it's very obvious that there's a lot of experimentation going on right here, and a yeah. lot of it is is prompted by Andre 3000, and you can tell, mm-hmm. and so you can tell that that like Big Boy is kind of just like, all right, let me, you know, so in some places it's like, you know, the song's going way like left, and then like it's like, yeah. all right, Dre's gonna rap. Real, I mean, uh, Big Boy's gonna rap real quick. So right, yeah. no, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I, I wanted to highlight Big Boy first because I never do. Mm-hmm. But he is a highlight for me on this album. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to follow that up with Andre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andre is clearly, clearly, clearly a highlight on this album. He's um, a highlight on every. He's <laughs> a highlight album. on everything. But like, <laughs> man, he's such a highlight on this album as well. Yeah. It's not just the lyrics. It's the flow. And it's the way that he got in the studio and the way like, he distorts the pitch on his voice mm-hmm. and it's how he comes in on, on certain records and the, the way he makes like the beat fit for him for what he wants to do. Yeah. He's clearly a highlight. And to that end, the duo are a highlight. Like yeah. you can kind of see, I don't want to call it the fissure, mm-hmm. but you could kind of see the different directions the two of them wants to go. And yeah. I spoke about this, I think, on one of the episodes. It might have been the Equimini episode where I said, if you mm-hmm. listen to Stan Konia, right, the way that they construct their their songs is that big boy was often on the very simple part of mm-hmm. of the song mm-hmm. right you know um mostly just drums stripped down instrumentation boom so you could just focus in on big boy right but on the parts of the songs that are really convoluted and very layered and a lot going on that's where andre is and it's yeah. just like he shines on that part of the song and big boy shines on his, his part of the song and yep. the way that it works together is is like brilliant it's magical so you know i think the maturity that they showed the surety the maturity that they possessed to to deliver this um is very much a highlight for me and uh, yeah i mean we're gonna get into that again when we talk about some of these individual songs but uh, i just have to have to say that and then the last highlight for me um it's just the name stanconia i just mm. i've always liked that name <laughs> it's just it's dope and i think yeah. it's uh it was recorded in stanconia studios which yeah. is kind of like reminiscent of um jimmy hendrix recording his electric ladyland mm-hmm. album in electric ladyland studio so right. i don't know i just think that's really cool do you have any other uh, general highlights uh yeah the artwork um i think yeah. this artwork is yeah, iconic. Yeah. um and yeah, you know it is. it is even as a guy who wasn't you know touting this album at the time um i always really just loved this artwork and I think when you go and you listen to Gasoline Dreams and then you look at the artwork again, I think it's just really, really dope, like what they were trying to say with the artwork. 
All right, so then let's just get into the track for track highlights. And uh, why don't you kick us off with, uh, I don't know, whichever one you want to go with first. Bet. Um, my first highlight. So, all right. First of all, I'm going to say that I'm I'm Captain Obvious with these fucking highlights. because I am too. The, because the, the, the singles on here are just so damn good. Like, they're so good that, like, while I feel like Captain Obvious... I, I have to say them right. So so okay. fresh, so clean is a highlight, yeah. and yes, and it's such a highlight that. So the first time I heard this album, I must have heard a leak because I heard "Bombs Over Baghdad" and then I heard the album. So none of these other songs were were singles yet, right? But the first time I heard "So Fresh, So Clean," I was like, "This is crazy!" Like, yes. and and I mean, it's 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 just musically ingenious. I I, I don't know what else to say about it. So. You and I have had conversations about this um, when we talk about the Beatles. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the reasons that makes the Beatles so legendary wasn't just like their songwriting, but it was the way that they arranged their songs. And if you, it's one of these things where if you listen to it enough times, you start to notice like subtle placements of certain notes, certain hooks, certain phrases in the song that is like they do like these little tweaks to make the song like just not sound so formulaic right and a lot of musicians did this um a lot of not classically trained i wouldn't say that but just like a lot of like a lot of musicians who were also instrumentalists so uh -huh. bands and studios did this right but i don't think you were really seeing it that much in hip-hop mm -hmm. and outcast does it perfectly yes. on this right yes. Where like the fact that so fresh so clean, you've got two verses from Big Boy, mm -hmm. right? And then you have, uh, and then of course uh, Sleepy Brown is on the hook, right? And then you have um, Andre 3000 in a somewhat of an unorthodox. Yo, it, it's I don't even know if he gives you like 16 bars. It doesn't yeah. matter. But like the fact that one of their one of the greatest songs they've ever made, yeah. Andre 3000, is hardly ever on it. But the part that he is on it, it's like, that's all I need. I yeah. mean, this is a brilliant arrangement to yep. this song. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Really, really dope here. So that's yeah. that's a highlight for me for and, sure. And we gotta give uh we gotta give organized noise and sleepy brown, you know, their flowers as well. Because yeah. I mean, you know, just as being a part of it, I think this is one of the the outcast records where they really started to take the helm and produce their own shit. But yeah. um some of these organized noise records are are crazy, right? Yeah. So um, no, sure. you know, I'll say Miss Jackson. Um yes. it's, it's a highlight, it has to be a highlight. Um yeah. uh, this was one of the highlights that I think I kind of rebelled against a little bit. Um okay. just because like the subject matter was kind of quirky and the I am for real was, you know, was, hey. but I mean it's just so good and yeah, it is so good. And it also deals with subject matter that you don't really hear very much in hip hop. And I think, you know, that that definitely can't be, you know, stated enough. What do I appreciate? What I appreciate about this song, um, and let me just say, actually, I don't like Big Boy's flow on this record. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah, his flow, he he's too quick. Um, mm -hmm. Doesn't take as much time to, to breathe. There's there's not enough space in between what he's saying. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little little rush, a little haphazard. Okay. But that being said, though, um, this is one of those records that like. You know, when you're young, you're like, oh, I understand what you're talking about. And then you get older and you're like, yeah. oh, he, this is a true story. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't even know if this is a true story. I don't I don't have to know. I can tell he's <laughs> this is he's actually telling a true story. Like, like it's, it sounds way too personal. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so and this is another record, though, where at least lyrically, you know, Big Boy 
takes the 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 the, the bulk of it. I mean, he's got yeah. two verses on here. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, whoever would have thought, here comes the bride, all dressed in white, <laughs> interpolated into a fucking amazing commercial record yeah. that is still a classic to this day. Like that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, outcasts are the right anyway. men for the job. Yeah. So yeah. definitely, definitely a good highlight track for sure. Um, yep. What else you got? So my next highlight is is going to to begin with a bow and an apology because okay when we had a conversation previously on this podcast you said spaghetti junction I yeah. said question mark question mark question mark um I don't know how the fuck I never really listened to this song before but this <laughs> is fucking incredible dog I listened to the when I went to listen to this album I. I had to run this joint back like a couple times because I was just like, Spaghetti Junction is like everything I love about Southern Playalistic Cadillac music, but just yeah. on steroids. Like it's like they just built on what we love about classic Outkast, and I love this song. So that's no, you 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 should. I think. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> look, I always got to take it back to Wu Tang, but like there is a a, a chord progression in this song that's very similar to um hell's wind staff on wu tanks forever okay. no one else is going to put these two songs together <laughs> i just i just do but, but the mm -hmm. point is is that that like that that constant little, uh, that, that that the little like guitar drone in there okay um just i don't know just really really works for me and then of course you got the you got the horns in the background yeah and i don't know if that's sleepy brown singing i don't know who it is mm -hmm. but um, um yeah this is a, a dope tr track and i think that I will call this a retrospective highlight. Um, mm. I enjoyed the song at the time, but it wasn't a highlight for yeah. me at the time. Okay. It's definitely a highlight for me now because like you said, the song is incredible. Shout out to Organized Noise. I also love the way they complement each other. Like the way they come off each oh, other, yeah. you know, one cat will hit four bars and then the next cat, like you could just tell. Yes, yes the like, duo going back and forth. You could just so tell great. the next cat's just waiting for his four. Like, like this yeah. is that, I love that chemistry of like, you know styles and jada like and this is that level chemistry between the two of them mm -hmm. so yeah love okay. that song uh definitely right. um so i'll 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 say kem and cookie right just yes. because yes. you you called this joint out ring, before, ring. and i just think it's funny spill it I, girl spill it and i think between <laughs> i feel like they always get the countryest chicks to be on their interludes and i love that because it's just so outcast um, and I mean, even like naming a song Spaghetti Junction, uh, like, you know, so I just, I, I love just the southernness of, of the Kim and Cookie. Toe up, toe up, <laughs> did so, show, show, <laughs> came quick, he got his, I ain't get mine. That's the other thing I like about it is like, it has a very like spoken word tone to it, right? But she's like supposedly talking to her girl. So, oh my god yeah, i love this this is one of my favorite skits ever yeah favorite skits ever and you know i'll go ahead and just um uh take this into the next track i really mm -hmm. love i'll call before you come i can't stand this joint. really call before i, I come? really don't All like right. it but anyway go ahead. i i like it because of the way it flows from the kim and cookie interlude yeah. and i think the other thing too is that when i was younger i thought i'll call before i come just meant i'll call before i stop by <laughs> you know what i mean and it's just like oh no like there is one verse i think i guess it's from echo uh -huh. where, or maybe gangsta boo is one of them where it's like oh you're like yeah you should have called before you came to the house so you want to see me with another dude but the rest of the song is talking about no yeah i'm gonna make sure she yeah. gets hers before i get mine i'll let you know when i'm coming like uh -huh. i didn't really understand that but i i right. love the song it's 
it's yeah. goofy yeah. but it's like it's got this nice little bounce to it and it's just yeah. it's just a nice little two-step oh cow before i come yeah. i don't know i love this it's definitely a highlight for me it's always been a highlight for me my taste so, um yeah. and and it's funny because i'm a dog pound fan but like my taste yeah. I, i'm just not a big fan of the like silly sophomoric sex joints that's just never been my thing um, and, and so I really I like like even I'm probably the only person in the whole world who will tell you they don't like sexual seduction by 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 Snoop Dogg, right? Uh, like, I don't I so, don't dislike it. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I don't I don't like those like that. That's just not really my chamber. Uh, and so I I just this song didn't really do it for me personally. I I think if Andre Three Thousand didn't start the song so well because he really does. His intro to this or his like opening verse, mm. I think is really, really good. So anyway, yeah. yeah, it's a highlight for me, but I can understand why it's not a highlight for you. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. Fair. B.O.B. again, yes. it has to be a highlight. Um, and like you said, I mean, there's just a degree of what the fuckness. Yes. Um, you know, I want to say at the time I was playing basketball and I also, you know, had friends that played football. And this was the song that made it so that Outkast became, he, they were on warm-up tapes. They were yeah. getting played by school bands. Like B.O.B. Yeah. was the song that catapulted them into the stratosphere when it came to, you know, everybody out there. Look, here's the thing, right? There's some songs that when they're, when they're just genius on their own, but like nobody really knows about it, or they're not like super popular, it's easy for like music critics to come in and be like, oh, this is genius, right? right. And then there's other songs that are, when they're commercial and they're genius, I think that it's a little bit more difficult for them, for you to really reconcile with the fact that, no, this is a, a brilliant piece of music. Right. And then and then as time goes on, you're like, no, this is brilliant. Then you start to, just like everybody, you know, can just like start to pile on, like, like, like again, the Beatles, right? Mm -hmm. Like when they had so many commercial songs that were also brilliant at the same time that's why people say that you know they're the greatest band of all time whether or not you agree with it or not that's why the critics have that opinion right this song there's so many genius things about it i mean like the the, the subtle the subtle notes in the beginning um where andre's like one two one two three four and then it just goes into it and you're like holy fucking shit you literally went from zero to 100 miles per hour mm -hmm. in an instant and you stay at that pace yeah. for Andre 3000 to deliver that and then to go into the hook with yeah. those drums it's like what the fuck is going on yes and then like two minutes into the song or however long it is then you get big boy and it's like oh okay it slows down a little bit mm. but the intensity is like the pace is still there but yeah. the, the intensity is, is it cools off a little bit so that big boy can come in and shine yeah. so the the track is not out overpowering big boy uh -huh. but then at the end of his verse he you know the, the the rest of the track comes in and even in the beginning even in the middle where you've got this little like random digitized sound coming in mm -hmm. i don't know what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. and then you get a fucking choir singing power <laughs> music electric revival holy fucking shit yeah. look look y'all know how i get when i get excited about <laughs> pieces of song that i like this is one of those songs look yeah. this is one of the records that when like I said, when I went back to go listen to this, I guess, I don't know, whenever we did the Equimini episode, yeah. um, I listened to this album and I think that I actually sat in my basement and listened to this song on repeat mm -hmm. for an hour. Mm. I, I really, really think I did. That's how yeah. much I enjoy this piece of music. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. I can't say enough positive things. Mm. It is one of my favorite songs, Outcast songs. If not, it quite possibly might be my favorite Outcast song. Mm. And when you posted that challenge 
for the uh, fill out your your bracket for like best outcast song, mm-hmm. I think that I had this one winning the title. Oh, I think wow. I did. Yes, that's that's yeah. that is how much high praise I have for the song. It's, it's yeah. incredible. This is the so. first song I, I ever dunked a basketball to, so I, it, it, it has a special place in my heart. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I hope so. So next, uh, next highlight uh, for me, uh, we we're skipping down now. It's kind of a mild highlight, but gangster shit. Okay. I interesting that that's a mild highlight, but that's okay. Yeah, no, I just I just really like the groove, um, you know, and I really just like the the, the cast of characters. Um, it's not like my favorite record. I'm not like oh my god, but I, you know, it, it worked for me. So, um, Slim Calhoun is really good on here. Yeah. Yeah, I like Slim, Slim Cutter. Calhoun. Yeah, Slim Cutter Calhoun. He's really good out here. <laughs> um, it's not my favorite track on the album, but I do really, really like this song. So I got two more. Um, Slum Beautiful yeah. is a highlight for yes. me. Yes, yes. Uh, There's not enough CeeLo on this album. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you know, to have a record called Slum Beautiful, you have to have CeeLo on it. Like, yo, <laughs> like even just subject matter wise, it makes sense. This beat is incredible. Like mm-hmm. half of it sounds like it was recorded backwards. <laughs> or something like that like yeah. it's almost like this song the way this song progresses almost reminds me of like tenet the way people are like moving backwards and forwards oh, at I the same time that. i'm not sure if you yeah, i have seen that movie yes uh, i've been to the movie theater yeah whatever yeah so you probably um, got the rona do not but that's okay <laughs> i was uh uh me and the person i was with we were the only ones in the theater so it yeah, is what it is but uh but no like i just i i love this song so much um mm-hmm. i like CeeLo on it i love yeah. the singing on it and i just i love the, the song the beat just Andre 3000 is, is crazy on here. Again, I love like you, you the, start to s- I love the contrast between their vocal approaches. Yes. Like yes. it's just it's perfect. Yes. So yeah, yes. Definitely a highlight so for me. And the next one? And my last and certainly not the least is uh is is Stank On You, Stank Love. Uh yes. that's that's gotta yes. be a highlight. Um, you Yo. know, as a kid whose parents, you know, were listening to Parliament Funkadelic growing up. Yeah. You know, it, it, it it's just there's a familiarity to it that I've just I really it's very obvious who they're inspired by, and I yes. and I really enjoyed it. Stan Konya is a retrospective highlight for me. I do mm-hmm. not think I enjoyed this song that much growing up. I fucking love it now to the mm-hmm. point where um, I might have to put this on one of my one of my playlists for you know one of those one of those mood playlists you know with the mood <laughs> strikes you know it, it feels yeah. like an appropriate song for that. Yeah, so, it, I yeah. call it the Spody Odie Dobelicious of this album, right? Yeah, like, that's it's, like that that's one record that you know they just put it on to let you vibe out to, and it's very yes. obviously influenced by Bootsy and yes. George Clinton and all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an outro track. It's a perfect outro track. It's better than the outro track on Aquamanai. What's the outro track on Aquamanai Liberation? That's the problem. You don't don't even remember. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. It's good, but it's not as good as this one. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. All right, so what did I miss? All right, so I have always, always, always loved Gasoline Dreams. I love the way that the intro goes from that O-U-T-K-A-S-T. And then they talk about whatever spaceship shit that they're talking about, whatever uh-huh. Keith Murray can't stand about the group, right? And then it goes <laughs> into this rock and roll. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all yeah. right. Like, and then like Andre 3000 gets on the mic and just starts wailing. Yeah, I and love the energy you, for sure. 
Yes, and then you go into the more subdued performance from Big Boy. Again, uh -huh. he stays pretty consistent throughout this album. Yeah. Um, Cujo isn't I don't need bad Cujo on this. On he's not, yeah, I don't think you need Cujo on here. He's not bad, but he's not great. Yeah. Um, I think the song could have done without him, yeah. or it could have done with CeeLo, <laughs> I guess. But um, CeeLo would have killed this joint. Right, right. Yeah. So that is definitely um, that is definitely a, a highlight for me. Uh -huh. So... Explosion, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a highlight, yeah, it's but I actually think Be Real was pretty good on this track. Really? I, I think he was good. I thought the controversy was cool. He he took shots at Double XL and whatever. Yes, he did. But like, yes, I, did. Just, I thought his, his verse was kind of middling, personally. I don't know. It works for me. I do like the beat. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is one that I would classify as a retrospective highlight. Okay. Um, because it is a song that I listened to back in the day, but listening to it now... I really, really enjoyed the groove on this track. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, I, is it a is it a highlight? It's probably not a highlight, but I do really like it. Yeah. Um, the next one for me, huge highlight. I'm surprised you skipped this. Humble Mumble, featuring I knew you, Eric Abadu. I knew you were gonna say that. I fucking love this song. Yeah. Love this song. I love how Andre 3000 starts it off with this like nice little. All of these metaphors for 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 a locomotive train, like what's mm. your locomotive? You know, mm. everybody's looking for an excuse to let loose. Like, mm. ah, it's it's so good. And then you you've got Big Boy starting it off mm. um, on a, on a really cool trippy beat, a subdued beat, of course. Right. And then again, you've got that contrast. Yeah. You you come in with Andre and and like he he rips this shit. And then you have Badu and like yeah. the, like Badu is perfect on. I like song. her. I like her on there. I I, I really like the change ups, um, yeah. and I think the instrumentation keeps it interesting. Yes, but at the same time, the song's just alright. I disagree. I think the yeah, song's amazing. It's one, of, it's one of my favorites on the album. I love the song so much. Yeah. I don't think I would love this song as much if this song were not if if this song were not on it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really really like this track. Mm -hmm. Um, question mark is a retro retrospective highlight for me. <laughs> it's really short. Yeah. Um, there's really not much to it. That's the thing I like the like, most about it. Exactly, but and it's just Andre on here. Mm -hmm. But when like when the beat changes, mm. the like that kind of drag on the beat, like mm -hmm. it's kind of like bluesy but like hard, and it's mm. just like and it's just repetitive. Loops like that can just like I don't know, they're kind of like intoxicating for me. I, I just happen to like that. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely a retrospective highlight. Red Velvet is one that I I'm knew surprised. You were say that. Yeah. I, that that's has always been a highlight for me. I'm surprised yeah. uh, it's not a highlight for you. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's yeah. I think it's a good I think it's a good song. I didn't really know what red velvet was at the time. Um I think it's the most overrated flavor ever. All it is is just red <laughs> it's chocolate. Just chocolate. <laughs> it's just red chocolate. That's all it is. <laughs> Occasionally you'll see some people who use like raspberry for the flavoring, but it's uh -huh. just red chocolate. Okay. Um but I like what it's talking about. You know, the idea that like look, you know, you, you talk shit, um, you're flashy and you know, people gonna get you just like yeah. God, like mm -hmm. most deaf guy. Right right, right, right. It's another song like that. Um, I've always like, I've always liked this record. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like the hook on it. I love the beat. Um, I love, I love all the lyrics. I, again, like Andre, like how many different ways can you think of to deliver a verse? Yeah. None of his verses on here, none of them are the same. And you yeah. talked about Big Boy grounding the album, and he does. Mm. And I don't want to take anything away from Big Boy because mm. he is a highlight for me on this album. Yeah. But Big Boy is kind of one note, with the exception yeah. of Miss Jackson, which I actually think is his worst yeah. cadence Agreed. on here. Agree. 
he's really one note on this album and mm. i think it works but like andre 3000 not only is he not one note yeah. every single verse is fucking different it's like whole wow but, like yo I, I think that's a great point and i think it it makes it make sense as to why you know people are like how come andre doesn't give us a solo album how come you don't give yeah. us an album right because yeah andre was bored with the way things were going right he felt that hip-hop was in one note and obviously you agreed with them because a couple years later you was getting tired of motherfuckers rapping right yeah and so yeah. like he tried to find ways to make it interesting and he really does on this album yeah and you know to that point people talked about andre 3000 making a solo album i, I don't think he can to be honest hmm. i think he actually needs big boy I, like, I, mean, I don't I, you know why, why if it ain't broke why fix it yeah i, I agree so mm. but anyway so red velvet his performance on here again is dope and toilet tisha i don't it's not it's not <laughs> that i love the song aesthetically okay i just think it's an important record mm -hmm. like that's a, it's a very serious record mm -hmm. um it's it's you know it's not it's, uh, melancholy is not even the word like it's a sad depressing song but yeah. i think it's important um, I just think I, they've I done I that better them. before. Like they I can have, listen to art of storytelling and you know or whatever. There's a bunch of different fair. examples. I think the difference there though is that like even if they had a different subject matter on the art of storytelling, that's still a dope song. Mm -hmm. This oh, one, I think that the way the song on its own it allows you to really focus on what they're talking about. Mm. And so it's not something that they made to be aesthetically pleasing for the ears. And it's not bad. It's not yeah. It's not like it's a bad harmony or whatever, it's or fine. bad melody. But it's just, I think it's an important record to talk about that subject. And I mm. applaud them for continuing to tackle these subjects. Yeah. Other artists have done it as well, whatever. They're still doing it and it's, and it's dope. Yeah. So um, that's the last highlight for, for me. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, should we get into some of the lowlights? Sure, I lo let, I'd love to hear yours since, uh, since you, you, you so, brought the joint. So I'm mixed about the interludes okay. because on one hand, I love a lot of the interludes. On the other hand, I think that they help, they scatter the album in a way that kind mm. of breaks up the cohesiveness of the mm -hmm. project. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think that works. now. If people were to say that this record wasn't a classic, I think it's because the way that the, there's so many different interludes that just break up the songs that mm -hmm. I think that it kind of, if there's a momentum to the album, they break it up so much that I think it could be easy for, for the album to almost appear not thin, mm -hmm. but like sp too spread out and not, and with, with, with holes in it, yes, if you will. Yes, I agree. But at the same time, I actually think, listening to it now, I actually think it kind of works if you think about it from like like almost like an environmental landscape perspective like if if stanconio is somehow analogous with like atlanta like the atlanta mm -hmm, landscape mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's just like hey this is all of us like look at all these different artists on here yeah. this is just the sound of atlanta right now then i think that that works i think two i don't know things, if that's what they're going for but it's a possibility i think two things would make it work more one remove the break break because then it, it you know, fair. it's a pattern interrupt in your brain that says, yeah. okay, I should stop here and start again, right? Right. Um, the second is, I feel like, you know, because these most of these interludes are like 30 seconds, just tack yeah. them onto the back of a record. Like like a record yeah. like Snapping and Trapping, for example, right? It's already four and a half minutes long. It's got a bunch of features on it. You could you could tack DF on the back of it and it wouldn't it wouldn't change anything, you know? That's fair. So I think that's fair. yeah, I, I I agree with you though that um 
I have mixed feelings about them because yeah. one of the things that I love about all Outkast albums is I feel like they do a really good job of telling me what Atlanta life is like. And again, right. we don't have Panama here. We don't have somebody here who grew up there. But like as a kid that didn't grow up in the South, you know, I would listen to these Outkast, you know, pimp trick gangster click. And, you know, like these different type of, of uh, you know, interludes about about fake groups like Pimp Trick Gangsta Click and, you know, uh, uh, you know, the I Dungeon Family and, and Kim and Cookie and uh, right, you want right, to get right. some cut up. Boy, what? You know, and, <laughs> and these, these were, you know, these accents and everything were all new to me. So it felt right. like I was being introduced to what their their world is like so i think i think to some degree they're they're important like the kim and cookie one is definitely important the good hair one i thought was really funny like yeah, yeah so you know I, I actually think their interludes are good i just i think like you said they create like a pattern interrupt because of the way they're they're done that make the album yeah. feel thinner than it really needs to be yeah i mean there's one sequence where it's interlude song interlude song right. song okay song and then interlude song interlude song like yeah, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but the only out and out low light I have, okay, which I I really wish the song was just not on the album. It's not a good song. Okay. Um, I think it's one of the up until now, right? So Southern playlist of Cadillac music, mm -hmm. AT Aliens, Equimini, Stanconia. I think this is probably one of the worst songs they have, hmm. and that is we love these hoes. I think the song fucking yeah, sucks. the song sucks. It sucks. Um, Andre 3000 isn't even on it. Mm -hmm. And for good reason, because he couldn't save this song, even if he tried. Yeah. And he was smart not to get on it. I am not the biggest fan of Big Gip. I'm not the biggest fan of Goody Mob, to be honest, with the exception of CeeLo. Um, they're cool, but like I'm just not the biggest fans of them. Backbone, whatever. It's like, crazy. Yeah, this, song, this song is not good. It's crazy because Backbone, you know, according to at least I, I was listening to CeeLo's uh, interview on Questlove podcast. And he said that Backbone was their their nigga in the streets. They wanted the okay. Dungeon Family to be good in the streets, so they had niggas that were in Dungeon Family gotcha. because they they had street cred. And Backbone was that. And, and okay. Backbone, to me, has the best verse on "We Love These Hoes." And, and it's and, that you know what you're probably right, but I this is a song that I skip. To me, it's so, analogous to "And Your Bodyguards" Uchiwali versus "Better Than Yours," right? Like it's like that's fair. the nigga who that's don't fair. even really rap like that is rapping better than y'all. I I did not need this song at all, but I will yeah. say, and I know you don't agree with me, I will say that I felt like I aligned this song with "Alcohol Before I Come." Like it it, okay. it, it was you know sophomoric sex song that tells me about oh we, you know we got these hoes and they got weaves like. I don't care. Yeah, but I'll call before I come. Got bounce on it though. And it's got under three thousand, which you know it is that helps. What it is. That helps. Yeah, that helps. I honestly um, think if they would have put Cool Breeze on "We Love These Hoes," it wouldn't have made me yeah, like maybe. the song. But I feel like he would have gone well with both the subject matter and like the beat, the way the beat sounds. Maybe. I just don't. I don't think this is a good beat. So yeah. I just don't think it's a good song. Yeah, I, maybe if you had under three thousand on the hook singing it maybe but I don't, mm. I don't know i just don't think it's a good song um yeah i, I wish it were not on the album but, but you know that's it i also feel like maybe it was a little overkill so the good hair interlude is kind of funny and i feel like mm -hmm. it's some you know i don't know if this came out around the time of the chris rock good hair thing but you know it, it kind of is commentary to like this whole concept in the black community of like 
oh, you got good hair. Oh, I got some Indian in my family. Yeah. Or I got some this. It's like, yo, that's like, come on, seriously. And yeah. and like, I feel like it was just, just enough commentary that they could have actually put something that actually talked about black women like at, at all. Like mm-hmm. they, they it, it, as opposed to like like beautiful skin by by you know uh, uh, Goody Mob or like a record like that. Like I don't get why we love these hoes even goes. Like I don't know why we did that song. I got you. So <laughs> definitely a, high, yeah. a low light for me too. Yeah, and you know that's that's Show pretty me. much it. Is uh, we love these hoes. I wish yeah. it were not on the album, and maybe yeah, just some of the some of the featured appearances aren't. Yeah, aren't very good. Yeah, I agree. Um, they don't, they don't ruin the album, but they, I think if some of the features were better, mm. um, I don't think there would be as much debate as like, or rather, I think there would be a greater debate about mm. what is their the best album of all time. Because I tell you what, the, the just the songwriting maturity that they have on yes. this, um, in terms of. Not just the lyrics, not just the hooks, but the arrangement of the music right. and how that incorporates with the vocal performances. Mm. I think up until this point is actually their strongest work. But um, I'll, I'll give you the the, the Carlos, you know, uh, uh, posse cut, you know, argument, which is that supposedly the way they put this album together was they would go out to the club. They would bump into other performing artists that you know were from the local Atlanta scene, and they would be like, "Yo, we got a studio. You want to come through and record?" And then that was how they composed it. So, if they're creating Stankonia, as you talked about, as this world that is Atlanta, right, like a parallel yeah. version of Atlanta, um, maybe the the guest appearances do a good job of grounding yeah. what Stankonia really is as as Atlanta. Yeah. Look, no doubt. That's why I said um, yeah. they don't ruin the album for me. I just think. They could have been a little better yeah. in places. No, I agree. So, yeah. Um, but that's that's pretty much all I have to say about this album. I mean... I got some more lowlights. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. Oh, you got some more lowlights. Go ahead. Yeah, so Snapping and Trapping is a lowlight for me. Um, oh, yeah. I, okay. I really don't like that style of, of production. And it's interesting because every once in a while, Outkast does it in a way that surprises me, and I end up liking it. Um, one, of the, one of the examples is Mighty O. Um, they did Mighty okay, O and, and I really like that song um, But like the idea of like You know kind of the like Extra snares where you would Put a kick and then like yeah. The like kind of quirky like I don't even know what that sound is There's like a squeaky synth sound in the background Of snapping and trapping I I really don't like it um, Okay, I'm not Killer Mike's biggest fan We've talked about that before so mm-hmm. I just I don't like this song at all um, so that's a low light for me, and then I'll call before I come. I, I mentioned previously, I, yeah. I still, it's it's a low light for me. He so. just needs to emphasize that's a low light. I got you. I, <laughs> I, got I just you. gotta be honest. So so those are my three. <laughs> the, those two and the one you pointed out. Um, we love these hoes. That's a, that's a low light for me for sure. So we're okay. All right. You were initially apprehensive about calling, uh, giving this a tribute. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess treatment. Um, although I do believe that we did give it a tribute yeah. treatment, in my opinion. Yeah, we did. Um, do you think that listening to it now, you have a, a a more favorable opinion of it than initially? I do have a more favorable opinion. Um, and I mean, this is actually me actually listening to it. I yeah. don't rate it as highly as you do. Um, That's fair. I would probably say it's, you know, AT Aliens, Equimini, Southern Playalistic, 
and then Stankonia. Wow. So that's wow. that's fourth okay. for me. But wow. um, but I mean, okay. I still you know I, I still think it's dope, and I'm I'm really happy that you gave me the opportunity to hear Spaghetti Junction because oh yeah, it's now like a favorite of mine. I mean, obviously, Outkast is one of my favorite groups ever. So if I have a song that's a favorite, that's a big deal. So I'm just happy that I was able to experience that song. I'm really surprised Humble Mumble and Red Velvet don't do it for you as much as they do it for me. I think these are yeah. really, really quality records, but okay. Yeah, they're cool. Okay. All right. I well, I think that should do it for this. Is it safe to call this a tribute? Can yeah. we call this a tribute? All right. Cool. I, 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 would, I should... would call it a put you up, but you know, I mean, I, 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 I snuck in a, an, an accidental Nori tribute, so it is what it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so I think this is this should wrap it up for the uh the uh, 20 year anniversary for Outkast uh Stanconia. Yeah, so yeah, and of yeah. course, uh next year we'll be doing the 25 year anniversary for AT Aliens and you get to wax poetic Damn. all you want to about Damn. that album. We haven't done AT Aliens yet? Yes, I know. You've been waiting four years oh, to do this. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that album. Okay, I'm excited yeah. now. Pause. Cool, cool, cool. Alright. Alright, so this should wrap it up, y'all. Peace. One, two, one, two, three. Yeah, it's national underground thunder pounds when I stop the ground. Like a million elephants, a silver back around the tank. You can't stop a train. Who wants up? Don't come unprepared. I'll be there, but when I leave there, better be a household name. Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain. So now we sitting in a drop top soaking wet. In a silk suit, trying not to sweat. In summer sauce without the net. But this be the year that we won't forget. One nine nine nine. Stop control like Janet. Planet stake only is only a move.